The following is brought to you by Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. everybody to the politics 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 program for friday june 18th 2021 i'm your old pal justin robert young joining you in austin texas uh we we got a a lot here for you before we get into any of it i want to thank you guys because uh we we played the trailer for my new project world's greatest con starring brian brushwood and uh, the reaction to it has been insane. As I speak to you, we are amongst the top history podcasts in America, like the top five history podcasts in America. We continue to climb. We're in the top 100 podcasts in America, full stop. This is a debut, the likes of which I've never seen in my life. And it is because you guys uh, remain one of uh, the, I mean, not one of the, A, the best thing that's ever happened to me as a podcaster. You've supported me so much on this show. And now so many of you have tried it out. If you haven't, don't worry. There's more World's Greatest Con Talk that will be done. Brian Brushwood joins the program, the star of World's Greatest Con, a little bit later. We are also going to talk about a very important pivot point for the Joe Biden administration. Independence Day, July 4th, looks to be a crucial date when the, the, the eyes, the focus, the messaging of the Biden administration is allegedly going to change. We will get into that. And I do think it's going to be very important because... You know, coming out of this uh, uh, confab with Putin out there in Geneva, Switzerland, uh, there are domestic problems here, and they are only going to get louder if Biden does not put some time and effort into them. We are also going to take a little bit of a long view on this Friday edition of the program. Indeed, maybe it's because I've got Loki on the brain, but I, uh, I I can see multiple timelines, hundreds, if not thousands, millions splintering off before me, and I'm I'm seeing some groupings. I'm seeing wailing and gnashing of teeth, screaming and yelling, angry tweet threads. But then on another one, I am seeing exaltation, joy, happiness. Fists clenched and thrown into the air as if to signify, finally, what is the difference between those two groupings? The retirement, or lack thereof, of one Supreme Court Justice. All that, 
But first, Joe Biden made a proclamation. Joe Biden said that by July 4th, by God, 70% of Americans will have one vaccination shot in them. And we're not far away. We're around 66% right now. But July 4th draws ever closer. We are, you know, about three weeks away. Based on current projections, we may not get there. But that has not stopped the administration from not only trying to dial up the celebration there in D.C., but also encouraging celebrations throughout the country. What was once projected to be a day where you could have small outdoor gatherings with family and friends looks to be a bit of a big old block party, even for the Bidens. Thousands will join the White House in D.C. for a big cookout, many first responders and the appropriate political props. But it is a change in thinking from the very COVID-conscious candidate-turned-president. And that is deliberate. Because whether or not we hit the number that he says, and and look, the the, the Republicans might ding him on it or uh, uh, bring up the fact that he made a promise and he didn't deliver, blah, 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 blah. It really doesn't matter, mostly because America has a tremendous desire to turn the page on COVID. We are sick and tired of it. We are done with it. We are done with masks. We are done with restrictions. We are done with the hell that was wrought upon this country, its businesses, its workers, its relationships, and indeed its psyche over the last year and a half. It's, we've come a long way, baby, and it's time to unwind. However, the Biden administration, which again has been very, 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 very close to the vest, careful on COVID. I think that they rightly got made fun of for saying that that July 4th initially was like, oh, you can have a quiet three-person meeting in your backyard as long as everybody looks at the ground the entire time and nobody uh, uh, alliterates with any kind of popping of peas so spittle might fly away. That was cautious. And, And look, the Biden campaign was very cautious. His presidency was as well. But now look at the numbers. You know, we are registering uh, uh, death counts that are a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what we've seen before. We are showing case counts that are down around the 10,000 mark, which considering our population is exceptional. The specter of COVID hangs over us less and less every day. And even some of the conversations about the variants aren't what... uh you know, they were a few months ago. Our vaccines, a miracle, I might add. If you are so inclined, please go ahead and get a vaccine. They're pretty good. They have held strong and they continue to. That's very good. 
So now, if you're the Biden administration and people are, I think you've rung about as much as you're going to ring out of being the, the COVID conscious president and the vaccines are out, they're being distributed and we're hitting a wall of everybody who wants to get one can and should if they want to. Then now it's time to focus on everything else. And there is a lot that is going on up to and including the fact that the economy isn't necessarily in a particularly great place. And so, according to uh, Forbes and a few other outlets today, or at least Wednesday when I'm recording this, Joe Biden will use July 4th to officially turn the page from COVID to the economy. There will be a new number one priority for the Bidens. Now, what does that mean? It means that now the question will not be, should we do this for safety, but rather, should we do this for business? And that's something that's going to require a lot of messaging. It's going to require a lot of effort. Because we're facing some questions. You know, a a retail spending slowed down over the last month as, you know, a, a... Stimulus has has dried up. We we really don't know where we're going to be. And also, we're still in in the days before we have uh, uh, eviction moratoriums end. Like things might look a little ugly by the time that July Fourth rolls around, if not shortly after. There might be some fires for Joe Biden to put out. So that's something to look forward to. I know we always like to try and 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 project where we're going to go. But by the way, that's not to say that we're totally out of the woods with COVID yet. And I hope that this is a bookmark that we both, or sorry, a a book stopper, that we both begin and end our national consciousness of COVID by way of an NBA infection. But indeed, a National Basketball Association star is now in COVID protocols and out indefinitely. Much in the same way that Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz began things, Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns is now in COVID protocols. It is a reminder that we're not done. Now, 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 hopefully, and I don't know where Chris Paul's vaccination status is, but hopefully, This is something that is minor, much in the same way that the New York Yankees had a big outbreak. And, you know, aside from a bunch of people testing positive, it didn't really affect them, aside from the fact that this season they suck. You can't cure that with a COVID vaccine. This is still out there. We do need to think about it. The question is, will it be supplanted by what we are mostly focused on in this country, the economy. Joe Biden's betting so, and he's betting that that switch will flip on Independence Day. The multiverse, friends. The multiverse. You ever think about the multiverse? (laughs) All right, real quick aside before we get into this. Uh, uh, 
I don't know if you guys saw this, but but John Stewart on on Colbert, the Late Show with Colbert. I think it's one of, if not Colbert's first show back with a live audience in uh, his old studio. Col- John Stewart comes out and basically goes off on the idea that that COVID was started with a leak from a lab in Wuhan, China. And he's very John Stewart about it, and he has a very John Stewart delivery. It is hilarious because that exact routine, which was being laughed at and clapped to in the audience, would probably have gotten you banned from Facebook a couple months ago. But censorship concerns aside, it reminded me of one of my favorite scenes. Shout out to anybody who is also a devotee of the Dave Chappelle, Jim Brewer comedy, Half-Baked. One of my favorite movies growing up, a stoner comedy to be sure. Jon Stewart has a cameo as the guy who smokes weed but thinks everything is better when you are, and here is his catchphrase, on weed. (laughs) So all I can think of while Jon Stewart's going through his thing is, you ever thought about the COVID lab leak, man? On weed. That has nothing to do with anything, except to maybe bring us to a high, elevated mental position. Let's let's think beyond this this crude mortal squabbles. No, 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 no. Let's elevate to the multiverse. Let's look at all reality that that has come before us that is happening currently and that will happen before how different timelines can splinter. Because sometimes like Doctor Strange, I can see into multiple timelines far from a normal human's ability to project realities. And there are several friends, dozens, maybe hundreds of these realities that I see a very upset portion of you, the listenership, the liberal listenership specifically, angry that mean old Mitch McConnell has done it again. Something has happened to Justice Breyer. And now Mitch McConnell, who has retaken his position as Senate Majority Leader, is blocking the ability of President Biden to appoint a justice. Oh, I can hear the screams, the yells about norms and how much cocaine Mitch is shredding the decency of the federal government. But I also see hundreds, hundreds of 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 exuberant tie blinds. Yes, where liberals are not only happy, they are joyous. What's the difference? Justice Breyer stepping down from the Supreme Court within the next year. Oh, I can see it. The explosion of joy. You would avoid a Ruth Bader Ginsburg situation. Joe Biden would appoint a young, likely black, likely woman. That woman would become an instant celebrity. She'd get an SNL skitch where where the new black female Supreme Court justice is making rulings to her daughter or something. Just kidding. That would require SNL to have multiple black female cast members. 
Double just kidding. Of course, they'll just put Kanan in a dress. Now, I want to say that timeline stuff aside, I am basically stealing a take from our friend Bill Share of Washington Monthly. Go search him out and read his whole article about it. But he, uh, this is a very salient take, and that's why I'm ripping it off. Mitch McConnell is a very shrewd operator. And if you listen to what he says, he is not particularly duplicitous. Like a, a lot of people think of Mitch McConnell as, as, you know, oh, he's an operator in the Senate because he's telling lies. And I don't necessarily think he is telling lies. I think he's actually really open about what he's going to do. What Mitch McConnell does is doesn't talk when he doesn't want you to know what he is going to do and then says, I'm going to do this. He doesn't have a particular uh, uh, penchant for guile at the very least. And he's said that if the GOP gets the Senate back and Breyer, for whatever reason, is no longer a part uh, of, of the Supreme Court, that he would not appoint Biden's uh, nominee. Like, he says it out loud. For real. Don't believe me? Here's him saying it. The rule that you applied in 2016 to the Scalia vacancy apply in 2024 to any vacancy that occurred then? Well, I think in the middle of a presidential election, if you have a Senate of the opposite party of the president, you have to go back to the 1880s to find the last time a vacancy was filled. So I think it's highly unlikely. In fact, no, I don't think either party, if it controlled, if it were different from the president, would confirm a Supreme Court nominee in the middle of an election. That, uh, what was different in 2020 was we were of the same party as the Correct. president, and that's why we went ahead with it. Mitch McConnell is saying that if Breyer doesn't retire within the next year and a half, that it could be six years before he has the chance to do it again. So, with the multiverse in front of you, do you disbelieve him? Well, technically, by the time you hear this, I'm, I'm a few hours away from leaving for New York City, covering this New York City mayoral primary. Ah, uh, very excited to get out there. Very excited to get out to Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Bronx. Probably won't go to Staten Island. It's hard to get there. I'm going to be there covering it for you. The uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday episode will be from New York. Uh, we will still cover all the morning shows and everything. The, um, the Wednesday episode will uh, get as much new information as we can on who the leading uh, uh, candidate is. But... Uh, we'll also have all the sound that I've gathered over the last few days. That'll be the Wednesday episode. 
And it's all because of you. It's all because of everybody who has gone to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Sign up now. Get that Patreon exclusive Sunday, Sunday, Sunday episode at the $3 level. You also, at the $3 level, get the late edition. That is the latest news that we cover in the PX3 week. Man, if you like this stuff, boy, do I work hard to try to make it worth your money. That's why I'm leaving here. That's why I'm heading out there. That's why in the middle of COVID, man, I I was just thinking about how crazy this is because my iPhone was showing me old pictures that like, I was out in Tulsa in the middle of COVID. <laughs> Herman Cain died doing the same thing that I did, that I was out there covering stuff for you. I was out in Georgia covering stuff for you, and and, and I'm going to be in New York doing it too, and I ain't going to stop, man. I want to make this worthwhile for you guys. Head on over there. Take Seriously.com. And by the way, if you are in New York, you can meet up with us at our meetup. That is Sunday night. We are going to be at Carragher's, 7 p.m. on Sunday, 228 West 39th Street. Uh, again, 7 p.m. Sunday night, Carragher's, PX3 NYC. Meet up. I hope to see a bunch of you. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, uh, making this possible. TakePoliticsSeriously.com if you would like to support the cause. My guest today needs no introduction. I work with him on the Weird Things podcast, on the, uh, the the new Great Night podcast, which is going to be the renamed version of Night Attack that's going to debut on the 29th of June. But most importantly, we have worked together on the hit debuting podcast, World's Greatest Con. Brian Brushwood joins the show. Brian, uh, dude, it's an honor to finally be invited to politics, politics, <laughs> politics. You've been on before. I, I, oh, oh, I've been on before. Yeah. I've never been invited. <laughs> I guess just... you've been commanded. <laughs> Correct. Uh, dude, as we record this, sh- shall, shall, shall you run the numbers or shall I? Well, uh, uh, so again, uh, uh, remember, folks, because you are getting this on Friday, so we might have a better number. We might have a worse number by then. But uh, as we record this on Wednesday, Wednesday, we are the number four history podcast in America. Uh, we are in, also number four in Australia. Don't forget our Aussie also friends. number four in 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 Aussie land. They get everything backwards except for their choices in history podcasts. <laughs> yeah, comedy, sketch comedy, and history podcasts. Australians <laughs> number one. That's right. Uh, and as we speak, uh, 
Oh, I can't look it up because the internet's not great in here. Uh, well, here I'll look it up right uh, uh, right yeah, now. We, as, we are as we, we are speak. we are in uh, the middle of the top 100 of all podcasts in America. And uh, uh, all right, right now, right now, coming yeah. in at 53, it's Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. 54, the Joe Rogan Experience. A uh, couple of ones I don't care about. Number 57. World's Greatest Con from Dog and Pony Show Audio. Mm-hmm. Number 58, the Jordan B. Peterson Podcast. Kiss Eat it. My butt. Eat it. Eat it, Peterson. Uh, uh, yeah, so the, the, the response to this has been fantastic. Uh, I, I guess I really wanted to have you on because I, I wanted to kind of get your perspective in the creation of this and and also from from your perspective, knowing what I had done with raise the dead and, and obviously with, with PX three, like how, how from your perspective did all this come together? I, uh, warning metaphor incoming, but I would say that over the years, there have been a, d- a bunch of different dances that we've done, uh, on the comedy side, beginning with BB live show that was Brian leading and Justin showing up with NSFW it was a variation on that with a, a you know a third entity with the network with it with us being independent. Night Attack kind of ebbed and flowed with who had more energy at which time, and we're uh, now for the first time ever we're living in the same place, uh, and 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 we have great expectations for Great Night uh, coming on uh, uh, June 29th. Um, but when it comes to other projects, um, when you were doing Raise the Dead. Uh, 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 and I hope I'm not talking out of school because I think you've said this publicly, but you asked for notes and I gave you very specific, very honest notes, uh, that you, you told me, I didn't enjoy writing down. You told me I needed to redo the episode (laughs) like, and, and that was, uh, crucial. It was, it was a crucial moment where I had to decide whether or not I was going to be about this like this life about, about the, about the podcast production life and, and realizing that like, Hey, there, there's an element of pain that has to go in to things that we perceive as quality. Right. And, and that the enemy of quality is very often this very seductive instinct of like, ah, I'll leave it in. Right. Right. And, Sometimes, you know, and then the, the next level of that is, is like, okay, well, what, what reads is authentic? What reads is cheap? What reads as amateur? What reads as professional? But you gave me, I remember where I was. I was outside of a weed dispensary in Oakland <laughs> and, uh, uh, you, you, I think you prefaced it in a very Brian, like, Hey, uh, uh, do you have time? Do you want the, the, the notes? And you laid out, you were very kind in saying like, if this hit and NPR wanted to come to you because they believed that you had done amazing research, the first thing that they would say is let's re-record it. Right. And, and that was, it's like, so you can now skip to the part where you just have an NPR ready thing if you re-record it. And I think it was, it was, exceptional advice. And and it was hard advice to give. And, and I'd like to think there was a little more dancing around where I was asking questions like, 
hey, where do you see this going? And, you know, is this, you know, because part of me knew that your fans, uh, the version I heard and what everybody ended up getting was was much more polished and and, and very good. Uh, But but what I heard was any fan of Justin's will agree this is great and they're very happy to have it. And it's super duper. Um, the stuff, the noises I, I heard from you indicated that you wanted this to be a breakout success. And so I was judging it against the contemporaries that it would be up against. And, uh, at the time, nobody would confuse it for a, a Freakonomics episode or a planet money episode or a whatever, you know, whatever your, your, this American lives or radio lab or whatever. And, and, uh, uh, from the way you tell it, uh, it, 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 uh, 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 I, I, I was, uh, I, I was the only one who said that. <laughs> yeah. And I think cause it, it was important to hear, it was important to hear somebody that I trusted be like, this isn't ready. Like if, for, if, if, if what you say you want out of this is to be thought of differently beyond the, you know, what, what we do with great night is two man talk show radio show and and we can list our influences and the genre from which we have now created our own mold out of right we we also get to just like with monorogue uh uh, on monorogue and great night we get to hide behind our duct tape aesthetic like oh well that's part of it is the rawness of all this and and what for what you told me you wanted out of raise the dead it's like uh oh no 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 this is going to be the story of record uh and and is going to be an enchanting journey that will break out of the diamond club bubble and and ascend into yeah. and and compete with the greats and uh and and so in that dance i was leading because i didn't have uh i didn't have a stake in the game yep. uh outside of to uh, maintain my commitment to tell the truth to my friend because I believed you. And the, here's the other thing is there, there's an alternate reality where you say, Hey man, tell me what you think. And between the lines I can read as a friend, Oh, he just wants to feel validated and yes. good about this. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's not what I read at that time. I read, I think Justin is serious about being a real player on the main stage. And if that's the case, I owe it to him to tell him exactly how I feel. Yeah. And, and, and I did. And, and in that, that dance, I, I, I was leading cause I had, I had no investment and, and, and I would like to think that, that both season one and season two were, were better for it. And your process oh, was better God. for it. No, I think, I think in, in a lot of ways it defined the process that in the, the process that, that we went through with, with world's greatest con is very dependent on making a version of the thing that you heard uh, and then getting to the point where I, I recreate a Brian moment and say, this isn't ready. Why isn't it ready? Let's think of ways that we can make it better. And then getting to the final product. And that was uh, crucial. To, and it's funny. I hadn't even thought of it like that, but it really is uh, uh, that, that idea of let's rush to a first draft that to have a, a stranger hear it, would be like, wow, this is like 90% of the way there. And you know, no, 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 it's not. Here's where we can make that last moment crucial. Now, if I, if I, put, if I pulled this part out of the end and I made it about the beginning or like finding places where my, my favorite rubric when I'm listening to 
first drafts is just where am I bored? Right. Like, let me be honest with myself. Like, where am I confused? Where am I bored? And where do I like it? Where, I, I, where, where I, am I excited? I, I euphemistically use the phrase, uh, where am I drifting? Uh, yeah. but, but uh, it's not that I'm bored. I'm happy that I'm here. I'm excited to watch my friends thing or whatever, but where do I find myself drifting? And, yeah. and you can apply that to even your own work, uh, which brings us to world's greatest con, which again, the publicly facing story, you're going to hear an awful lot because a lot of the time it'll be me talking and Justin won't be there when I'm making guest appearances or whatever. Um, is is going to be very close to the reality, very close to the reality, mostly 100% honest. But the real reality is Justin was leading that dance. <laughs> and if, uh, 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 did somebody just walk yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, have, we, have, we have an early arrival of Adam Curry. So we, 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 I don't know if we're going to be able to get Adam Curry on, on this particular thing, but let's just, let's just keep going. Okay, now. okay, okay. Uh, the, uh, um, uh, yeah, let me be real clear that if the Brian Brushwood is an instrument like the theremin, uh, there are very, there are people who clumsily play it. And I think my Hollywood experience was a version of that because it's like, no, just, you know, why don't you, why don't you sound more like a uh, metaphor? Uh, why don't you sound more like a harpsichord and just precisely play exactly the notes in the order that, that, that we put them here. Uh, and it's like, no, 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 the theremin, you got to seduce, you got to, you got to get, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, uh, Justin, it was, Justin was a master. Uh, all of your favorite moments in world's greatest con came out of, uh, they were teased out of Justin with patience and kindness and gentle corrections. Uh, there were times I am certain that uh, I, I, I drifted off the script and went off and told a story and Justin didn't know, maybe, maybe, maybe three words into the story, you knew, you knew this is not going to go in, but for whatever reason, Brian has to get this out and you would l either let my, let me get my energy out or you would discover that, oh wait, well that maybe there is something here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and my goodness, the, the process ended up being so organic. And, and I can honestly say that in, in, in the history of producing anything, I've never felt more at ease with drifting into different places, knowing that, uh, like, I don't, I know you cut a lot. I don't remember a single thing you cut. All I do is I listen to these, these four episodes, and what I hear is, Holy shit. Uh, Justin brought me to life, uh, yeah. the best version of me to life. It was, uh, to me, the star of the show is the production. Uh, uh, and, and that began uh, uh, structurally with you not having an agenda. You began with the words, hey, you can tell whatever story you want. What yeah. would it be? You know, hey, what's important to you? Hey, what's the heart of a great con? And I would immediately begin talking and you would be, you'd say, hang up with me. Just press record on your phone. Uh, talk about what the heart of a great con is yeah. for five minutes. And then I, I did it and sent it. And then, uh, and, then, and then it's like, okay, what is the world's greatest con? And then something would blurt out of me. Well, what's this story? And you're like, great. Talk about it for a bit. Also, uh, tell, me, uh, tell me what to go read. <laughs> and, then, and, and this, this, this was the moment that I knew Justin was seriously here to play is uh, you went out and you, you read the book and you did the, 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 the research and the detailed uh, uh, double checking of stuff. I mean, it was, uh, there came this moment 
that I felt the inevitability of, of this thing coming together. And, yeah. uh, it, it was remarkable. So it, all of which is to say, Justin led this dance. Well, I, I think that there's, there, there's, there's a, a, a virtuous circle where everybody's getting the best out of everybody else. Right. And that's, that's the best part of working on a team where you trust everybody and the, the product is, is better for it. And I think, there, there was a situation here where you trusted me to lead you in these certain directions, but also I trusted you to be able to take it where you wanted. Like if, if you were freestyling and like a lot of the first two episodes, which are out now, uh, greatestconpodcast.com, find it on all podcast platforms, but also subscribe on Apple because that's where the advertisers pay attention to charts. Uh, and we're currently doing very well there. Uh, the, a lot of those first two episodes and specifically episode two, if you haven't heard it, then uh, we won't go into it too much, but these are stories that are the most personal to you. Like, like yeah. they are, they are beyond what we are talking about, which is a world war two story. It is a period piece. It is a military story. It is an intelligence story. It's a con artist story. Uh, but the heart of what we are going to do on this series is the 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 melding between uh the the human and the 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 function and i think that's that's a lot of what i try to bring to raise the dead is to make people that we've made into mythic heroes a uh, human it's a lot of what i try to do on px3 is to explain the very human motivations that define our kind of modern political meta as we paint everybody into good guys and and bad guys but here is uh with you takes on a totally different dimension when you wanted to get as personal as as you did through this and not only in and I'm glad that yeah. happened as early as it did I mean to be honest the first two stories um uh uh you'll notice a trend that all the Brian stories are not about his I'm awesome moments <laughs> <laughs> They're about his. I'm 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 a a a a, a jackass. Or, I think, yeah, or all a sucker. four <laughs> stories that open all four episodes. Even when you're doing good, it's the moment that you feel the worst. That exactly. You're doing good. Exactly. Like so, the first two are are you know very uh you know it's you getting ripped off. Yep. Um and and then the second one is is not only about you know your love of of, of video games but also your relationship with your brother and then. The other two are like they're they're ultimately Brian Triumph stories, but the things but that we're we not focus there on, for the Brian the Triumph that we focus right. on is Brian in his greatest crucibles realizing I've failed and I've screwed up. Yeah, you know what's funny is early in my magic career, I part of the reason that I did street performing and made sure to get in front of uh, I'm going to say hostile audiences, but they're not actively hostile. They're just not there to see you. They're yeah. audiences that you have to win over. Yeah. Part of it was I, I did the mental exercise of picturing, picturing everybody I respected and ask them, have you ever had a magic show go terribly awry? And in my imagination, every single one of them had epic tales yeah. of disasters left and right. And, and at an early age, you know, around 22 or so, 
I decided, oh, I need to go out and collect these epic failures yeah. uh, and, and, and learn from them because that's the only way you really learn anything. And to have a venue where I get to share it in, in this series is so amazing. The, uh, uh, it also occurs to me that there's sort of, there's really three tales in every episode. Um, there's the singular episode that we try to have a beginning and end to. For example, episode one is the story of a brilliant idea that got locked away in a filing cabinet. And despite all odds and despite all the good, very good reasons it should stay there, somehow got out of a filing cabinet and gets approved by Winston freaking Churchill. Right. Yeah. Uh, episode two is the story of, of uh, uh, the challenge of, of how dangerously close to miswriting this whole thing. Our, our heroes get yeah. and how they pull it off at the end. Uh, uh, now, meanwhile, these are part of the meta of season one, which is the story of, uh, uh, for those who are familiar, our Operation Mincemeat. But what I love is that we have a mega meta. We can go, we can go 30 seasons of this. Yeah. And we're really hearing the very slowly unfolding story of Brian. Because right now, uh, Brian's voice is that of an experienced raconteur. And, yeah. and, uh, hopefully every story we're telling just just peaks a little more interest and and raises a, a few more questions about like, man, what did you do? Like, to me, the most magical moment of episode one was being able to say with a straight face, in my line of business, there's a phrase. Yeah. You can't con an honest John, which sounds like something David Mamet would have somebody write for a, for a larger than life character. But there's no exaggeration at, at the age of 46. Uh, it's, it's time for me to start telling these stories and, yeah. and, and, and speaking with this authority. And that is one of the things I love the most about this particular project. Well, and that was a help for me being able, I mean, I, I, I work, uh, uh, I'm, I'm my own cheapest talent. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, PX three is a solo show. Raise the dead was me living inside my own head and, and, and making this, but it's harder when you're the writer, the producer, the talent to feature yourself above the, the production or make the production or kind of serve any the kind talent. of complimentary way, because yeah, the, it's, it's just hard to separate in, in your head where with you, I could be like, Oh, okay, well this is, here's where the production is taking a backseat to Brian. Here's where the production is, uh, bridging these these two kind of areas, I could think of it in in a very three dimensional way that I think really really benefited the, the the product because to get to the point that you had started earlier about the idea of raise the dead kind of being this larger thing, it was not the gigantic breakout success that maybe I would have hoped initially, and this is like so if if that was the Pixies, this is Nirvana, and and I'm 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 so thrilled that uh that it's that it's being received in the way that it is because uh it, it's it's something that i know came from such an honest place for from from both of us yeah and uh so honest is it that on release day you know there there's an amount of tension you're getting ready to birth a baby or whatever but once it started to propagate through the rss feeds that should have been the night that we were celebrating. And in fact, you asked me, you know, do, do you want to go out and celebrate? And I confessed, uh, no, I'm just going to continue to sit here and cry for a little bit. And, 
Uh, and and I uh, p- part of those tears were exhaustion for from it being seven and a half, eight months of 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 you know regular of working on and it. work and, and stuff. also it being in secret, which is something that that something either I, of us are particularly good at. Right. Specifically when we also have uh, anywhere between four to six hours of content <laughs> a week where we're just confessing uh, what our lives are about uh, to to wall off and put into the dark web this particular project was difficult and and it's only uh for me there was that wave of realization that it's like oh it's for reals out there everybody gets to start judging it now and then that's when like um uh as 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 you might hear later on there's this moment of surrender where you go from completely in control to totally out of it and yeah. and that's what i was feeling is when we hit publish, I realized there's no changing any of this. There's no, you know, uh, uh, if we got facts wrong, we're going to hear about it. If, yep. if, if somebody f- felt like a story was disingenuous, I mean, we're, we're going to hear about it. And, and to sit and reflect and think, you know, did, did we tell the truth, uh, both in the big, uh, big picture and in the small picture and, and, and will people like it was, it was just so overwhelming, you know, that that's it's and, and uh, I'll never know what it's like to give birth to a baby, but I feel like I got a good, strong hint of what it's like to have postpartum depression <laughs> because yeah. the electricity goes away and the lights are off and you're just sitting alone in the room and the whole world is bubbling around you and you're well, no longer. You, you've known that from from doing from performing live, right? Like because the, there, there is there is that, especially for big shows, for shows that really kind of matter or or like I, I would guess for you, television performances and stuff like that, where it's all consuming and you're and you're visualizing it you're putting yourself there you feel that energy and then right afterward like at least for me whenever i did anything live like boy that it just hits you like like a ton of bricks that's interesting because i i when when we're in the middle of a live event and this goes for both our comedy shows and magic shows and there's there's such a hyper focus on so many different things that you're there, but you're not really there. Like you're in the middle of, of the script for the one thing, but you're already scanning the audience to see who's going to be a volunteer for the trick from three, three tricks from now. Um, and, and then it's only that it's after it's like you snap back to reality and, uh, people are clapping and saying nice things about you. And so you get that instant feedback. So, uh, uh, to, to the baby metaphor, the whole time, you are uh, pregnant. You, you are the center of attention and everyone's excited for you. And how's it coming? Oh my gosh, it's happening. It's happening. And then the baby leaves you, you physically. Yeah. This is a metaphor. I'm uh, just, I'm I, just, I'm just only grinning because two men uh, explaining pregnancy is yeah, no, maybe but, the most podcasting thing that's ever happened. But then, but then all of a sudden, all of the attention goes away from you yeah. for the first time in nine months. Uh, and, and you don't really know how it's going to turn out in the long run. <laughs> and uh, that that's, that's a very confusing time. And that's what I was experiencing when we released all of this is, uh, and now I'm feeling much, much better because we are getting the very, very positive rave reviews and the, yeah. and the natural word of mouth that is, that, that, that is getting it out there. Uh, we, we are, we are seeing, Tremendous support from uh, man. Shouts out to Jack Resider over at Darknet Diaries, yeah. running the entire first episode. Shouts out uh, uh, to to our 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 hero, the goat, uh, the, goat uh, the greatest of all time, uh, uh, Dan Carlin, 
last night was kind enough to uh, put out a very nice tweet. Um, uh, uh, and, I, I, I read it as, you know, because now Trump is just sending out these emails, like giving his endorsement. But he always says, like, they have my full and complete endorsement. And that's just how I read. As soon as I saw just Carlin tweeting the link, I was just like Carlin saying, I give these this my full and complete endorsement. And I'm like, oh, what a what a legend. What a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful man. Uh, also, so, uh, 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 the writer of Leverage, the, the TNT show, one of oh the most gosh, recent he really liked uh, it. shows about cons uh, and, and and scam artists and everything. He and loved tweeted it. tweeted it out. And tweeted about it, it out. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, hey, uh, also, uh, if you're a fan, if you enjoy it as much as we do, here, here's a little trick. Uh, Justin saying, hey, remember I made that thing? Very hard to say more than four times in a day on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Brian saying, hey, I made a thing with Justin four times a day. Very difficult to do. Retweeting other people who are making sure to share the link. Uh, very easy. Very easy to hit retweet. Yes. So uh, yeah, at, at Justin R. Young, at Schwood, uh, Brian, uh, 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 Joe Biden, thumbs up or thumbs down so far? Um. Uh, oh my God, he's so wonderfully boring. He's so wonderfully boring. Probably corrupt as the day is long. <laughs> Don't care. I'll never hear about it. Wasting all of our money, trillions instead of billions, whatever. Oh, he's so nice and boring. Well, there I we go. love it so much. That's that's uh that's our political content. So uh, uh we we covered <laughs> politics. Uh, uh I apologize that I totally uh, uh teased Adam Adam Curry is here in the studio, but we have to record another podcast that he is on. I will I promise everybody, I know we have a big overlap audience with uh, uh no agenda, so I will make the ask for him to come on, but I, I'm sorry to even tease that Adam Curry is here in the studio. We will I get him love, on PX3. Wait, what's funny is we will a, get him on the there's show. a giant window behind me, so I don't know if he's walking around like John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I, I keep expecting him to do because I walked by and I see him because I'm looking at the windows and you're not because you're looking at me. Yes. And and I saw him walk by. So uh, uh, there is a Curry in the orbit. We'll, we'll make it happen here on the show. But Brian, uh, 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 greatestconpodcast.com, anywhere else or any other instructions that we want to give to people uh yeah just mainly uh you might not think it's a big deal uh, uh, just here is a statement of fact that you could do with what you will uh uh i for one have four different podcast players on my phone because yep. i like to you know certain ones are subscriber content or whatever um uh just know that many 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 charts pretty much just scrape whatever's on apple's charts yep so if 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 it is your will and you uh, don't mind, uh, why not just uh, throw it on that Apple podcast? Every download count counts number one. So on the podcast uh, platform of your choice, including the podcasting index that that Adam Curry made, it is it is live on there as well. Um, that being said, advertisers specifically and other business and booking interests like they watch the Apple charts. It ain't I didn't invent it. That's just how it is. Right. Uh, so please download it on, on the thing of your choice. But if you can find it in your heart to give us a, a plus because they changed their nomenclature. So it's not subscriptions anymore. Now it's following. Just go to Apple Podcasts, hit that plus button that that adds us uh, uh, to their algorithm that moves us up the charts. Uh, the, the, the reaction has been overwhelming. I don't yeah. think we've ever had a thing that hasn't peaked 
after a day and then started returning to Earth, we oh. are continuing. Oh, you said to out march. loud the quiet part, the thing that I'm secretly afraid of. We are marching. <laughs> we are marching forward. Uh, yeah, just just imagine that adorable little kid gif with her hands in the air saying, "Why not both?" Yeah, <laughs> and one can be totally mercenary, and the other way can be the proper way where you enjoy it. Exactly, uh, Brian. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you. Politics, Politics, Politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. The show was edited by Brett Stewart. If you would like to get world's greatest con in your life, you can do so. px3guest.com. You can email the show, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Our Twitter is px3tweets. Our Twitch, where we are live, is px3live.com. Our newsletter is px3newsletter.com and our podcast is px3podcast.com. Spread it far and wide. Our merch is politicsmerch.com. I hope that I see plenty of COVID shots equals body shots, t-shirts, hats, masks out there at our meetup at Carragher's on Sunday at 7 p.m. 228 West 39th Street, in Manhattan, Midtown, baby. Of course, you can support us at paypal.me slash payjury. Our Venmo is justin-young-20. Our cash app is px3cash, and all physical goods can be said sent to P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 787 one five. We did have one Venmo buccaneer here that I thought was really funny. And that was um, Brian, who wrote, Stop lying. Venmo money is real. Which, uh, I don't know. You want to know what? I'm not going to. Hey, I'm not lying. Venmo money isn't real. It's just a number on your phone. You can write a number on your phone in your calculator app. Doesn't make it real. Prove that Venmo money isn't real by Venmoing me $1 if you like this show to Justin-Young-20. Of course, if you want bonus content, you can do so at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Our $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcast schedule, specifically the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday edition where I watch the the clips and the narratives that are coming out of the Sunday talk shows and let you know what the power players are pushing, what they want to believe, the goals they are setting for themselves, and how you can understand whether or not they are successful or not. And of course, the late edition. That comes out on Thursday. It is the latest uh, news-wise that you will get in the PX3 schedule. So do so by signing up at the $3 tier. Of course, if you want everything I just said and your name right at the end of the podcast, you have to be at the Titanic $10 tier, including Headphones Neil, Dr. G, the other half of Whiskey Wednesday, Idris, the Government Unfiltered Podcast, 100 Mile Runner, Berkeley Stephen, Kathy Mack, Zombie Doc, D, really? Methuselah, Honeyfuckle, The Gen, Middle Age Mike, Dotcom Junkie, Calamity Zap, D Laser, Lord Scale, the Quince, Anile the Third, and Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Utah, Jimmy Montana, Chad, David, Snuffies, Off Route 44, 
Charles, David, Olin, and Angela, Miranda, Janelle, Jenny, Robert, Casey, Paul, the most conscientious nonpartisan listeners, Brad, D. Laser, just another pilot, Will, Frozen, Summers, J-Ping, and Andrew. You want to join the ranks? One more time, you head on over to Take Politics Seriously. Dot com. New York is next. No sleep till. Well, I'm staying in Queens, but still. It's next to Brooklyn. I'm excited about that. Till next time. This is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics. And still more discuss politics but this this my friends is the only show that dares discuss oh Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.